Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 is where I'm going to take my text from this morning. And I want to continue my series uh, entitled Empowered. And what we are doing is we are believing this year to be a year of empowerment for you, a year of empowerment for this church. We're looking for God to really power up our lives in a big way. And and we believe, and I mentioned this last week, that uh, how the individual goes, so goes the church. And so when you, as an individual, uh, feel the Spirit of God in your life, and uh, when you are being led by the Spirit, and when God is directing the steps of your life, that automatically adds to the corporate environment of the church. It changes the atmosphere in this place as well. The church is comprised of a bunch of individuals that are excited about the Lord. Amen? And uh, when we get more excited about God, when we give God more space, when we let God do bigger things in our life, that automatically changes the way church is done uh, as, a, as, a, as a part of that process. And our series text is found in 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Let me read that to you today. It says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. We have just completed our first week of our fast, and I want to say thanks to everybody who is participating in that and is joining us in the fast. Uh, The goal is, of course, to hear God better and to experience Him more. Last week I told you that fasting is about creating space for God to work in your life, and uh, that's what we're doing. We're trying to create some space, make some room for God to operate. And I know that as we give God more space... Uh, we receive more of His empowerment for us and more of His goodness gets to flow into our life. And I think that largely the Holy Spirit, when we talk about receiving the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's empowerment in your life is not about you getting more of Him as much as it's about Him getting more of you. It's not so much about you getting more of Him. We hear that a lot in the church. I just want more of God, more of God. What God wants is more of you. And if we will make space for God, He by His very nature will fill that space and occupy the space that you grant Him in your personal life. A scripture that re, uh, regards that is Ephesians 1.23 and it refers to God as one who fills all in all. So God by His very nature is a space filler. By His very nature, when there is empty space, He occupies that space. And so when we make room for Him in our lives, when we, we give up things and we allow God to have that place and that space, when we, we overcome temptation or we overcome something that we struggle with for years, then we're really giving God more space. And when we give Him more space, He by His very nature will fill that space. And so oftentimes we talk about getting more of Him when in reality He just needs more of us. Because I know that if you will create space, if I will create space for him, he will fill it. And so I encourage you, uh, while we're fasting, everyone do something. Uh, We still have some slots that need to be filled toward the latter part of the last week. And so if you've not yet signed up to to fast with us, then please do that. Uh, We want to get all those filled. We want someone fasting, doing a total fast for the next 21 days or the overall 21 days of this process. And uh, you take one day, I'll take one day. Together we'll accomplish uh, the goal that we have set. 
And so it won't be too much on one person, but if everyone does a little, then we can do it together. Amen? Amen. Today I want to preach empowered to pray because I think that for most of us, uh, prayer probably is not something that necessarily comes natural. For some people it does, but for a lot of people, prayer doesn't necessarily come natural. And really it is one of the most important disciplines. I believe that prayer, if not the most important discipline, is one of the most important disciplines that can be cultivated in the life of the believer. A prayerless life is an ineffective life. I said a prayerless life is an ineffective life. If you don't pray, you're going to really struggle to find effectiveness in your daily walk. You're going to find a struggle to really connect with God and to have that relationship that in essence drives your entire existence. I mean, I know for me that if I go very long and I don't feel God with me and I don't feel like God's talking to me or I don't feel like God's a part of the process, I start getting really drained and down and discouraged and I'm thinking, God... What's up? What's happening? Where are you at? Why, are you, why have you abandoned me? When in reality, a lot of times what happens is I have cut off my relationship with him. If you go for a long period of time and you don't talk to somebody, even though you may have been good friends with them, guess what? The relationship's going to dwindle. It's not going to be what it could be. And so it's the same way with God. We have to pray because a prayerless life is an ineffective one. Prayer is what gives power to us. Prayer is what uh, infuses us with passion and drive and motivation. You know, but what do we do as Christians when we struggle to pray? That's the question today. What do we do when we really struggle to pray? Pastor, I understand that. I, I know that prayer is an important part of my life. But what do I do when I just struggle to pray? When it's just not something that comes natural to me or when it's something that doesn't, uh, it's not something that I think about or it's not something that, that is just a part of my normal life. It's something that right now I really have to be disciplined to do. It's something I have to set my mind to do and I have to set an appointment to do it even and, and really kind of force myself to pray. I think that is where the Holy Spirit can be a real help to us and where the Holy Spirit can be an empowerment to our prayer life. We are, this year is a big focus on being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are a Pentecostal church. And what that means is we believe that God has more for us than just salvation. That God has an empowerment that He has given us through the Holy Spirit that will supercharge our lives if we will allow Him to do that. That He will be a regular, present partner in everyday living if we will allow Him to be. And so this morning I want to preach Empowered to Pray. Before I get into the main part of my message, let me give you five truths that will kind of set a foundation for us moving forward. Things that that you probably already know, but probably need to be clarified. Okay, the first one is real simple. First one is you have to pray. (laughs) Everybody has to pray. Prayer is critical to your Christian walk. It is critical to your family It is critical to your profession. It is critical to your spiritual life. It is critical to your community. We need a church that is built on praying people. People that pray and seek God and get direction from God that have a relationship with God built on a disciplined, steady prayer life. You have to pray. 
Christians have to learn how to pray and engage in prayer. It is vital for you. And I'm just telling you today that if you say to me and and would say to me, Pastor, I'm not somebody that prays every day. I'm telling you that if you will cultivate that in your life, and it's not easy, it's not something that's going to just, you're going to make a decision today and tomorrow you're going to go out and you're going to become the greatest prayer of all time. That's not going to happen that way. But what will happen is if you make a decision today, you can start a process that helps you to build that prayer life and cultivate that prayer life. And I promise you over time, your life will be better because you are praying and seeking God and inviting Him to be a constant and steady part of your everyday living. I read this and I was shocked. I did some research on prayer and I was really happy to find that Pew Research and Barna Group both back this up that 55% of Americans say they pray every day. I was shocked by that statistic. I really thought I guess maybe I was negative, but I thought it would be lower than that. I was really pleased with that. I was proud of that. Uh, Also, it says that of those 55%, 64% are women. Good job, ladies. 46% are men. Men, we probably need to step up a little bit. But that's good. And so, people in America, in a general rule, are praying. But I think there's a difference between saying prayer over my meal... And really being able to pray and get through to God. And what we're talking about is having a relationship with God that is power packed. Where you feel and know that the, that the Lord of all of heaven and earth is working in your life and you've invited him to do so. The second truth is that you learn to pray by praying. You learn how to pray by praying. That's how you do it. Prayer is cultivated and developed as a skill through practice. Not everybody that starts off praying is going to be good at praying. Most people start off praying and they're really not very good at it. They're pretty terrible. Have you ever tried to listen to someone that's just new to praying? It's not very much fun sometimes. You're like, get on the point. Go on with it. I know that God has to be patient sometimes thinking, I just wish they'd get to the point. I wish they just, you know, they've, they've called me Father God now 15 times and I just wish they would say what's really going on in their life, you know? So you, practice, you, you learn to pray by practicing. And, it, and if you struggle to, st- to pray, one thing that you can do is start by praying Scripture. Scripture is a great way to start praying where you're actually praying something that is the mission of God and you are never going to pray amiss when you pray in line with God's Word. Amen? Uh, one thing that we do here that will help you too is if you want to learn how to pray, one thing we do on Sunday mornings is 9 o'clock we have Passionate Core Prayer. We take a scripture, we break it down, and we have prayer points from that scripture. And people, I have seen people come in not really knowing how to pray, and by the end of the the class or end of the session, end of the time that we've prayed, they are learning how to pray more effectively and having more confidence that they can hear from God and really articulate what God is saying in their lives. And so I encourage you, if you want to know more about that, come see me. The third thing is, prayer is what builds an intimate, real relationship with Jesus. I want an intimate, real relationship with Jesus. I don't want some superficial thing. I want something that's real and genuine. And it is a key to a genuine daily experience with God, your prayer life. The fourth thing is, prayer is more than asking. It is conversing with Jesus. Sometimes in praying, you've got to just be quiet for a little while and let God talk back to you. It's not just a list of things and and this 
this uh, laundry list of ideas that just spew out of your mouth, but it's also talking to God and letting God talk back to you. Good prayer life is one that is both listening and asking. The last thing is, and I think this is probably the most important thing to understand, because it puts us at ease a little bit. And that is this, that you're not always going to want to pray. You're not always going to want to pray. Just because you don't want to pray doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Well, something must be wrong with me, Pastor, because I just, when it comes to praying, I just, I'm bored. You know, I just can't do it. I just, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to talk. I understand that. We've all been there. You're not always going to feel like praying, but you can't let feelings decide what you do. And it's through practice that we get better and, and we become more comfortable. And, and really these times when we struggle to pray are opportunities to grow your faith and there are opportunities to press through. You know, I call it through uh, pressing through a prayer wall. Anybody ever prayed and you feel like your prayers aren't getting past the nose of your face? I mean, it's like, every, it's like it's hitting me right back in the face. I mean, I'm not getting anywhere. I don't feel like I'm even accomplishing anything. We've all felt like that. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's an integral part of that process. And so let me tell you how the Holy Spirit can empower you to pray. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who makes, now He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So let's look again at verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. I'm not very good at praying. I struggle to pray. I don't know what to pray. It goes on to say, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And so the first point I want to make to you this morning is the Holy Spirit gives us, first of all, the desire to pray. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life helps you with the desire and the want to and the motivation to pray. Has anybody in the room ever had this thought? I know I ought to pray, but I don't want to pray. You don't have to be honest today. Actually, you do. It's church, isn't it? Or you said, maybe you said this, I'm going to pray even though I don't feel like it, and it was nothing but torture, or incoherent babbling, or you got really sleepy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I've, I've gone to prayer meetings before, and I'm thinking, man, I just need, I need to pray. I, I plan on coming. I'm going to get through to God. God's going to move. And I'm sitting there, and it's nothing but incoherent babbling. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just praying. I'm just talking. It's not really getting anywhere. It's not doing anything. And then sometimes I go to those kinds of meetings or the time at my house, and all I want to do is go to sleep. I'm trying to pray and I'm just suddenly, I'm overcome with sleepiness. Maybe you are too holy for me this morning. I just, I'm just trying to be real with you today. I'm just talking to the real folks in the room. Um, maybe I'm not qualified to teach this lesson today. I don't know. Or, yeah, now you pray about it. Or have you ever had a really awkward prayer moment? A really awkward prayer moment where you were asked to pray or going to pray and it just didn't work out right. Look, watch this clip. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know that. 
You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laying at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly Day by day. By day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. Greg? Yes. Now, I'm sure nobody else has had one of those moments, but I've had multitudes of those moments in my life where I'm just like, Billy, I wish you would shut up. I wish you would just move on. Of course we all have. Everybody has. And uh, when we're praying, obviously the two greatest enemies that you're going to face that doesn't want you praying is number one, enemy number one, or number two, let me start with him first, is the, is the devil. It's the enemy. I mean, he doesn't want you to pray. And so he's going to put all kinds of barriers in your way. But the number one enemy that you face when you're praying is your flesh. And here's the thing is the only thing enemy number two, the devil, can do is incite enemy number one to fight you. And what he will do is he will try to encourage you to do something else. He will give your mind plenty of other options. He will flood you with everything that you can possibly think that needs to be done in the moments that you're praying. I don't know about you, but I get the greatest uh, task list that I've ever had when I'm praying and trying to spend time with God. Like, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that, I should be doing, you know. What is that? That's the enemy inciting our flesh to move us out of a place that will position us to really hear from God and to have power for our lives. Our flesh is the greatest enemy that we face when it comes to praying. I'd rather be eating. I'd rather be sleeping. I'd rather be watching TV, etc. One time we were at camp. I don't know if I've told you this story or not. I'm getting to that place in my life where I'm not sure what stories I've told. And so if you have to hear them multiple times, I apologize. But it's just, it's just where I'm at, okay? And so we were at camp one time. And uh, at, 
That was back in the day when camp was real, okay? Not like these little camps these kids go to today. I'm talking about, you know, camp in, in brutal times. And so, you know, we, we would stay up all night and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we had maniac kids and all that that we had to deal with. And so it was just, you know, it was like camp in the streets. And so it was tough. And so we had been up all hours of the night. And I'm just exhausted. It's about week, uh, about the midweek. And, uh, you know, I'm done. I'm ready for camp to be over. I'm ready to get these kids back home to their parents so they can be their problem and not my problem. All that kind of stuff. And so I'm laying there in bed and, and, you know, we are trying to get these kids saved because they desperately need it. And so it was the prayer time before service and uh, we're all supposed to be quiet. We're all supposed to be in our bunks and we're all supposed to be praying. That's what we're, that's what this time is designated for. And so I finally get these kids shut up long enough, laid on their bunks and I'm like, hey, I'm going to pray for you guys. And so y'all just be quiet and let me pray for y'all. A few minutes later, kid comes over to me, Pastor Billy. Pastor Billy, it's time to go to church. You got to wake up. I was supposed to be praying, and all I was doing over there was just snoring and just uh, enjoying life. We've all had those moments. I can say to you honestly that some of my best rest has come at prayer meetings. <laughs> and so, what we do is so often, so often, we fight in prayer the lack of motivation, or the passion to do it. And I think that is where the flesh is really working against our spirit to keep our spirit anemic and to keep our flesh strong. Matthew 26 and 41 says this, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Galatians 5.17 in the New International Revised Version says, The sinful nature does not want what the Spirit delights in. And the Spirit does not want what the sinful nature delights in. The two are at war with each other. And that's what makes you do what you don't want to do. Romans 8.26 says this though, The Spirit of God helps us in our weaknesses. When we lack the motivation and the desire, it is in those moments that we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He gives life to our prayers. He helps those, those prayers become real and become impassioned. They become more than recitations. They become power-filled, life-altering, heaven-engaging words. They change the atmosphere. I know that some of you can relate to this. Has anyone ever bored themselves with your own prayers? Yes, I'm bored listening to myself. And I know God has to be. Of course you have. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us pray. And He helps us pray with passion. And He helps us pray with the right motivation. Now look at verse 26 again. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we did not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The second thing that I want you to hear this morning is the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to pray. Not only the desire to pray, but the strength to pray, the ability to pray, the capacity to pray. He is a difference maker for you. I said He is a difference maker for you. He is is whatever you lack. The Holy Spirit 
helps make up the difference in your life. And so He is that present part of God that is accompanying you in this earth and He is coming alongside you to help you be what you're supposed to be. We are not sufficient with, uh, by ourselves. We are lacking by ourselves. We need a helper. We need somebody to come alongside us and to make us complete. And it is the Holy Spirit that God has given us to complete our lives and to make up the difference where we lack. The challenge for us is learning to allow Him to partner with us and also allowing Him to take the lead. When we allow Him to be a part, then He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will give us the power, the capability, and the intensity we need to pray effectively. Now, I don't, I don't want for my own self a pray, to pray a prayer that I feel never gets past the ceiling. I don't want to spend time praying and feel like it's ineffective. And I think that is the greatest discourager to people in praying is that oftentimes we get in a room, we try to pray, and we feel like it isn't going anywhere. It's not getting past uh, the room. It's not getting outside of this place. I want my prayers to hit the ear of God. I want God to respond to what I'm saying to Him. I want to feel like we've got this interaction going on. That's what prayer should be. And so not only does the Holy Spirit strengthen us to pray, He strengthens us through our prayers. As we pray, He strengthens us. I want to give you a key to this in Jude 1 and 20. It says this, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up on, key word there, on your most holy faith. It speaks of, when I read that word on, to me it speaks of a foundation. Built on the Word of God. The Holy Spirit creates symmetry. What He does, He creates symmetry, a balance and a fusion between the Word of God and our prayer life. He helps the Word of God become a part of the prayer that we're praying. He helps the prayers align with the Word of God. And those two things come together to make my life powerful, to make my life effective, to make my life matter, and to make the things that I'm doing as a Christian walk in my Christian disciplines to really count for real life. Here's what I don't want, and I know you don't want this either. I don't want my Christian life not to ever affect any other part of my life. I don't want to go to church and just sit through church and then not have any of that make a difference in any of the other parts of my life. I want what I do in here to translate to every area of my life. I want it to matter. I want it to count. I want to hear about being powered up by God and then experience being powered up by God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I don't want to just give you theory. I want to give you practical. I want to give you things that actually you can take and let it apply to your life. And it really does work, Pastor. It really is making a difference. It really is changing my life around me. What the Holy Spirit does is He helps mold the two together. And through molding those two together, He forms a very powerful Christian life. I said earlier to you that when you don't know what to pray, pray the Word of God and insert yourself even inserting yourself into that passage. That, Caleb said it this morning, it is God's letter to you. It's not a letter to humanity. It is God's letter to me. God wrote the Word of God through the uh, writers of the Word of God thinking about me. He was thinking about me. He was thinking about you as an individual. He was not just speaking to a corporate body of believers without a face. 
He was looking into the eyes of each and every person that would ever walk on this earth that would call Him theirs and that would be His people. And He was thinking about them and thinking about you when He wrote those letters. And so it's very personal to me. It's something that I know that I can insert myself into any part of the Scripture and it is meant to be a part of me. It was meant for me. And so you've got to insert yourself there. You can never go wrong. We can never go wrong praying the Word of God. But you have to have a foundation of the Word of God before you can pray it effectively. And I think that's what Jude is alluding to when he says, look, you build up your faith on this foundation of faith on the Word of God. And as a result of that, the Holy Spirit will pray through you in such a powerful and effective way. In the... Uh, New International Revised Version, again, it says this in Jude one twenty: Dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Let the Holy Spirit guide and help you when you pray. So in this passage, we see that there is a power of prayer that emanates from our understanding of Scripture. John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. As he brings to remembrance, he empowers our prayer and he directs our prayer. Our prayers are meant to be powerful and they are meant to change things. I said our prayers are meant to be powerful and they are meant to change things. We are not praying just because it is what we're supposed to do. We are praying to move heaven and earth. We are praying to change the environment around us. We are praying for effective change that takes place in us. And in, in, in those around us. The Holy Spirit will help us empower our prayer and make them effective. Also in scripture, uh, in verse 26, the latter part, it says, The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we're too weak to pray. When tragedies gripped us. When it's overwhelming to us. When we get into those places in life, and many of you have been there, when you're just like, I don't even know what to pray in this situation. I don't even know how to start. I don't even know what to ask God for. When those things overpower us, our friend, the Holy Spirit, will take our groanings, our hurt, our pain, and He will turn that into prayers. He will speak your hurt and translate it to the ear of God. He loves you that much and desires to help you that much. Verse 27 says, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The last thing that I want you to hear this morning is the Holy Spirit gives us the way to pray. He gives us the direction we are to pray by guiding our prayers. Not only does He give us the desire, He gives us the strength, and He also gives us the direction in which we are to pray. He guides through Scripture... And through clarifying our thoughts, He gives us understanding and He makes our prayers more pointed and more specific. The Holy Spirit is here to align us with the will of God. Verse 27 says, He makes intercession for the saints according to what? According to the will of God. That alignment puts us in the center of God's will. Anybody ever prayed and you thought, I don't even know if I should be praying for this. 
I'm praying for this, but I'm not sure this aligns with the will of God. When you let the Holy Spirit become a partner with you in your prayer life, He always makes sure that your prayers are aligned with the will of God. You can trust that if it is Spirit-directed and Spirit-driven, that it will be aligned with the mission of Jesus Christ. I don't want to pray amiss. I want to pray on point. And I want God to be hearing from me His very will articulated through my prayers. He is leading, the Holy Spirit is leading my prayers, guiding them to accomplish God's intentions for me. Know this this morning, God has good intentions for you. God's not trying to get anything from you today. He's not trying to put you in a, in a place where, where your life is falling apart. He's trying to put you in a place where life is better for you. He has nothing but good intentions for you. He has nothing but a desire to bless you. He has nothing but a desire to make your life better and more effective. That's what He wants. And what will happen is we pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to help us pray is he moves us from being need-focused to being mission-focused. He moves us from being internally-minded to being externally-focused. He allows us to get on point with his mission and his purpose. Now let me say this to you. Here's what I've come to understand and know as a Christian for many years in the church world, that if I will focus on the mission of Christ, my needs will be taken care of. God is well aware of what I need. I'm not suggesting to you that we don't ever tell Him because He tells us to bring our needs to Him. We ought to tell Him those things. But what I'm saying to you is moving forward, forget about your needs. Bring those to God. Let Him have those. And then you move in the mission of Jesus Christ. What does God want for my life? What is God trying to do in me? And I promise you, if you will focus on His mission, He will take care of your needs every time. And so the Holy Spirit can help us to do that. God knows what you need. And when you pray with the Spirit and pray in the Spirit, you're praying God's perfect will over every situation. His intentions for you are brought to bear. And His intentions are always the best outcome for you and are always the best outcome for everybody involved. Burnett, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after the Till I